Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. The topic of this episode is how to sell your house on a rent to own. If you own a home and have any interest in either selling or renting it at some point in the future, listen carefully. Because what I'm about to share with you could put tens of thousands more in profits in your pocket, and if you're renting, almost completely eliminate all landlord headaches. Plus, Right now, there is a huge opportunity to apply this technique in today's market. Hi, I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. I'm a full-time real estate investor, real estate mentor and coach to many of the most successful real estate investors all across North America, best-selling author of two books. My first one, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, has been out there for several years. And this is my brand new one, Real Estate Investing Gone Bad. Both of these books are must-reads if you're going to be investing in real estate. And this YouTube channel, thanks to you, is by far the most popular number one on YouTube for real estate investing in the world. Millions and millions and millions of views, so thank you for that. Now, in a previous video called Three Ways to Turn Your House into a Cash-Flowing Machine, I described the concept of offering a rent-to-own on a single-family home. And judging by the feedback, many people had never heard of this before. Now, look, I didn't invent this. This has been around for a very long time. Sometimes it's called a lease purchase or a lease, uh, lease purchase option or a lease option. But the reality is offering the property on a rent-to-own can be incredibly advantageous. And so many questions came, and so many people asked me to shoot a video specifically about offering a rent-to-own, that here it is. This is the official video from me on how to sell your house on a rent-to-own. Why rent-to-own? Three main reasons. Reason number one, we've already begun to talk about it, and that is more money. When you offer a property on a rent-to-own, you first get what we call an upfront option payment. And that payment can be anywhere between three to five to ten thousand dollars or more upfront. And that's non-refundable money. Meaning they put the money up, and I'm going to go into greater detail in a moment on exactly how this thing works, but they're going to give you upfront money that's non-refundable, that if, if they don't buy the property, you get to keep it. And that's thousands and thousands of dollars up front. And if you've ever been a landlord before, and you've ever gotten a deposit, it doesn't mean you can use that deposit, right? Sometimes you're wishing you could, but you can't. Well, with a non-refundable upfront option payment, you can use that money because it's non-refundable. Next, in some cases, you can have increased rent. Now, not always, but in some cases, your rental rate can go up. And that has to do with offering what's called rent credits, which we'll get into in just a moment. But perhaps the biggest one of all is that you can have an increased sales price. So increased price, and then here's the key, no commissions. So when you sell on a rent-to-own, you don't have real estate agents involved. And look, 6% is a lot of money, right? Especially if we're talking about a $300,000, dollars $500,000 house. That's a lot of money. Well, no commissions, and usually you can sell at the top end of what it'll appraise for. So that's key. If you can sell it for the max it'll appraise for, sometimes that's more than it would sell on the open market. So those are three ways you can make more money, and that's just the beginning. Number two is that you have... No 
landlord headaches. So when you when you're a landlord, and many of you watching have maybe either been a landlord or talked to somebody who has, you have this fear of maybe changing or fixing toilets at 2 a.m. Well, with with the rent to own, since the person is going to become the owner, you make the tenant fix everything. Why can why can you structure that kind of arrangement? Because they're going to become the owner. So you can say, look, you are just working yourself into what you're going to be shortly, and that is the owner of the property. So you have to get used to these things like fixing toilets, because now you're the owner. But for them, since they've got a locked-in option price, they feel like they're contributing to their own home, right? So they're not quite as frustrated by fixing the hot water heater or those sorts of things. Quick little caveat, by the way. Landlord and Tenant Act may supersede this, and uh, that's happened to me before where the HVAC went out, and uh, it was all because they never changed the filters for two years. But long story short, I had to fix the HVAC because of the Landlord and Tenant Act. All right. So it, it's pretty much no headaches, but obviously there can be a couple of um, extenuating circumstances. And then number three is just this huge opportunity right now. So the largest potential home-buying population are millennials. Those are people that are out of college right now in their, you know, in their 20s or, or 30s. The, the millennials, that entire generation... That 20-year block of people is a huge potential home-buying audience. And get this, 50% can't qualify for a loan. 50%. So you think of all those millennials that are getting married, they're having kids. Now, sure, they may have rented in the past, but now their life's changing. And now they want that single-family home with that white picket fence. And 50% of them can't even get a loan. Well, this rent-to-own is for those people. This is this huge ocean of opportunity. If you put out, and I'll be talking more about these rent-to-own signs here in a minute, you put out a rent-to-own sign, you're going to have the phone ringing off the hook. You have to set it to a voicemail. That's how many calls you're going to get. So, humongous opportunity, and right now is the perfect time because there are so many people that fit into this category that are perfect for the rent to own. Now, some have asked me on my uh, apprentice team, they said, Phil, are you sure you want to tell everybody about this? This is a huge opportunity, but you usually keep your best tips to yourself when you don't tell them on these, on these free videos. Well, in this particular case, I'm not worried because it's such a huge ocean of opportunity and no one's taking advantage of it. So you don't have hedge funds out there on Wall Street that have thousands of homes, they're not doing it. You have uh, almost no investors do it or know how to do it right. And the, the market is so big, I'm not worried about you all saturating it. Go ahead, knock yourself out. We'll never be able to consume this massive market. It's so big. The amount of people who, uh, either it's bad credit or the fact they're self-employed or a combination of the two, the amount of people that can't get a mortgage but want to be homeowners will always be enormous. So I'm not worried about you stealing all my good rent-to-own tenant buyers because there's so many out there. It's such a massive ocean out there. We'll never put a dent in it. Rent-to-own 101. So the rent-to-own, as I mentioned, is sometimes referred to as a lease purchase. It's also referred to as a lease option. And I know some people 
get a little frustrated when I do that, when I lump these two together, because they try to say that they actually are separate. Look, the idea is this, that the person is renting the property, but they have this option, this ability to purchase. So you structure the purchase price at some point in the future. Now, what I'm going to suggest you do is this. Don't do a lease purchase or lease option agreement. Don't. Instead, what I want you to do is I want you to do two separate documents. I want you to do a rental agreement, okay? And this rental agreement is your normal rental agreement, except for um, we, we want to have the tenant pay for, for all repairs, right? Tenant pays uh, all maintenance or all repairs. But outside of that, it's the same exact rental agreement as, as any rental agreement. Quick tip, if you, if you don't know what to do as far as a rental agreement, I want you to hire the best eviction attorney in the county where that property is located, or if you're in Louisiana Parish, or if you're up in Alaska Borough, you want to get the very best eviction attorney and ask them for their rental agreement. So get your rental agreement from a really good eviction attorney. There's your big tip. Okay? And then, uh, and then tell them if they're the one updating that you want the tenant to pay all repairs. Okay, great. Now, like any rental agreement, maybe even do a, um, this might help, a little tip. Make sure you put at least some small deposit, even if it's a hundred bucks. Do a deposit of a small amount. Don't do a zero deposit. And then it's a normal rental agreement with the rental rate and all that fun stuff. Okay. Separate to that is this thing called an option agreement. Option agreement. These option agreements have been around in real estate for a very long time. A lot of commercial real estate is done on options. They'll get an option on land. So let's say a developer wants to build a target shopping center and they need 40 acres. Well, they might get an option on 10 acres here, an option on 10 acres there, because they don't know if they can get the other 20 acres. So option agreement. This is a separate document. And this is going to stipulate what the price is. And it's also going to stipulate, in some cases, what those rent credits might be. What are rent credits? Well, what these are is when the person makes a on-time rental payment, a portion of that rental payment can go toward this price, okay? And then the other thing, of course, is your upfront amount. Now, the upfront is what pays for the option. So in other words, you're not giving the option to buy away for free, just like a landowner doesn't allow a developer to get an option agreement on their property for free. The, the uh, potential, we call them a tenant buyer, this rent-to-own person is going to pay you for this agreement of an option. Now, what's this price going to be? This is going to be the max amount it will appraise for. It actually has to appraise for the amount you're offering because they're typically going to be getting a loan. We're not asking for you to sell the property for more than value. We're telling you to sell it for the max amount it can be valued at. Okay, and that can be done through comps. I have other trainings and videos on that. So, option agreement is separate from rental agreement. And what ends up happening is, if the tenants don't pay, this is the document that you bring to court, to the victim. Okay, and then this is the document that stipulates that this amount is non-refundable. So if they, if they get kicked out, they also lose their option money as well. You know, some people have asked me, Phil, the ethics of this, because they look to me from an ethical standpoint and say, well, Phil, you do this real estate business right. How do you feel about the ethics of an option agreement and a rental agreement whereby if they don't pay, then you kick them out? Well, the first thing is this. What happens when you, uh, when you get a bank loan? You put down a down payment, right? What happens when you don't pay the bank? They foreclose. Do they give you back their down payment? Of course not, right? 
So, first and foremost, this option agreement is really a good deal for them. I usually lock it in for, just real quick, I lock it in for two years usually, but you can do it longer or shorter. Well, that means that if the property goes up two years from now, then they get the benefit of that because the price got locked in when they first moved in. So they get a, get a, they get a pretty darn good deal, right? And so I think it's fair on both sides. But look, if they don't pay me, they're going to get kicked out and they're going to lose their upfront money. Now, another thing about this is that the vast majority of people do not exercise their option to buy. And so I've been asked that question as well. Well, Phil, aren't you just betting on people to lose? Not at all. I want them to buy. Because if they buy, then I'm selling it for the max amount I can sell it for, and I don't have to pay any real estate commissions. I want them to buy. But if they don't, I'm okay too. I don't lose money there as well. So no, this is not unethical. This is great. I'm giving them a great opportunity. Now, if they don't take advantage of that great opportunity, that's their own darn fault. But I'm at least giving them the opportunity. And so the nice thing about these rent credits is that it, it helps them build some equity, if you will, because it's paying down this price. And if you can think about this, if the price is 100000 here, and then they put down 5000 as their down payment, well, now all they really owe is ninety five. But also, if they're making rent credits on time, let's say you give them $200 a month, that's $2,400 a year. After two years, that's, uh, that's $4,800. That's almost five more thousand dollars they've built in equity. So that's absolutely fantastic for them. And then in, in most cases, what's ended up happening is, at the point at which they exercise their option to buy, that's where they're going to get a loan. They're going to get some sort of a loan to pay you off and pay everything off. Because you're, you're not going to be holding on to this and giving them this rent credit for the next 30 years. What you're doing is you're giving them this period of time in which to get their credit right, get their, their job situation right, all those things right, so they can actually get the loan they want. And they've been building equity, or at least some equity, all along the way. So that's the one-on-one of the rent-to-own. You've got a rental agreement, and you've got an option agreement, and that option agreement's going to stipulate how much, what you know, and then how much per month could go towards that. Real quick tip, rent-to-credits don't always apply in every state. You have to look at your laws. Uh, in cases where the rent credits don't work out very well, because they, um, the judge may argue, or the, the case law may argue, excuse me, from a judge, that anytime you do this rent, uh, rental with option agreement, that it could be considered you offering it on an installment sale or on owner financing if you uh, offer these rent credits. Then instead, don't offer rent credits as in um, when they first move in that every time the payment's on time, but just say, look, if your payments are on time, you just go ahead and give them this rent credit when they first move in. You can always do it that way too. All right, so that's Rent to Own 101. Here are some advanced tips to keep in mind. Number one is this. Tenant buyers, as I call them, are monthly payment sensitive. So, just because you're giving them this great opportunity, they don't always do the math that the monthly payment you're offering is the same amount that it would be if they were getting a mortgage. They look at it as renters, and so they're going to compare the math to what it costs to rent. So make sure you don't try to overprice the monthly payment. The only way you can get away with that, because I mentioned you can sometimes increase the rental rates, is that if you offer rent credits... And you say, okay, well, if you do $1,000 a month, then you will get $100 going toward your rent credits. But if you go to $1,100 a month, 
then I will go to 300 in rank credits. And you might say, well, wait a minute, Phil. You went up by $100, but here you went up by 200 Well, I sure did. But why I did that was, in most cases, statistically, they're not going to be able to uh, actually close on the property. So I can raise the rent by 100 and still make out better by offering to give them 300 rent credits because they may never take advantage of this. Now, again, going back to the ethical issue, uh, I'm giving them the opportunity of a lifetime. So just because they don't take advantage of it, it's their own fault. I'm not betting on them to lose. But I am seeing that in most cases, statistically, they're not going to follow through with their option to purchase. So I can increase the, uh, the rental income by 100 bucks, and then offer them. And the reason why they take this additional, even though they're payment, monthly payment sensitive, is because I'm giving them so much more of a rent credit. Make sense? Okay, number two, get good legal help. So the issue is not that this has any problems from a legal standpoint. I mean, you can rent a property and you can sell a property with an option to buy. I mean, that, that is so basic to real estate. The issue is whether or not when you have an option to purchase and a rental agreement at the same time, does that spill over into being an installment sale? And if so, the reason why that would be a problem, number one, is maybe if, if it runs into, um, into those laws related to uh, making sure that you, you handle your owner financing correctly. I've got a whole video on that. Um, that's, a, that's a relatively new law. But the bigger problem is if you ever tried to kick them out because they're not paying you. Then you're trying to evict them, and then the judge might say, well, wait a minute, this is an installment sale. This needs to go through foreclosure. So get good legal help to make sure, and in most cases, if you're doing a rental agreement and an option agreement, you don't have this problem. But I'm not giving you legal advice, so keep that in mind. All right, number three is this. I talked about earlier how you have to make sure you send all of your traffic to a voicemail because if you don't, you're going to get so many calls. How do you get those calls? You can get them from Craigslist ad if you run a Craigslist ad for rent-to-own or signs. Let me show you my sign. This sign right here. Right there. Can you see that? That's the sign right there. You do that handwritten sign and you put that up all over the place, anywhere in and around and near that property, you're going to get the phone ringing off the hook. Handwritten is the key. Don't go with some professional looking one. Now this one, this is actually a handwritten font. I didn't handwrite that. Um, but it looks handwritten. And if you do this right, and um, I guess number four is send a voicemail so that you have some sanity. I'm telling you, you're going to get so many phone calls, you're not going to believe it. So send it to voicemail. Rent-to-own pitfalls. The first is choosing unwisely. So I'm going to say a, a bad tenant buyer. I have a great video on what every landlord should know about property management. And the main rule in the whole video, I'll shortcut it for you, is choose your tenants, or in this case, tenant buyers, wisely. You've got to research their situation. You've got to look at where they live now, where they lived before, talk to the previous landlords. Heck, even drive by where they live. That's a great way to see the way they're going to treat your property, the way they're treating their existing property. Do research on their employment. Do all kinds of things to make sure you got the right person in there, because once you move them in, it's a lot harder to get them out of there. So number one is, is a pitfall is a bad tenant buyer. The second pitfall is going to be no legal help. For example, in Texas, 
In the state of Texas, you can't do a lease purchase for more than six months. So make sure you know your, your stuff, right? Get legal help to make sure that you're applying this correctly. It's powerful, but it also can be dangerous. And number three is a, is what I'm going to call a low down payment, low DP. If you accept about $1,000, which is the same as it would be if, if someone was putting a deposit on a normal rental for your, your non-refundable option payment, well, then you're probably going to run into a problem because this person won't be able to afford the monthly payments. These people are trying to become homeowners, so you have to be selective from a financial perspective as well. Do they have the money to have the wherewithal to be a homeowner? Being a homeowner is expensive, so you've got to make sure you choose wisely, both from the perspective of them being a tenant, also how much they've got available to put down. And if you don't market very well and you put up one sign and get one phone call, it's your own fault. You've got to market heavily and get a bunch of phone calls to get the, the few people that have a whole lot of money to put down, the three to five to seven to $10,000 down, because oftentimes that's a lot of money to them, and they're less likely to walk away from that or cause problems. So not always, not always the case, but usually the bigger the down payment, the safer it's going to be for you. Just like a bank. Banks like to have 20% down, right? Why? Because they've seen over time, the bigger the down payment, the better that borrower's going to be. That's how to sell your house rent to own. And as you discovered, it can be incredibly profitable. It can reduce landlord headaches. And there's a huge opportunity to apply it in today's market. But you've got to do it cautiously with the right legal help to make sure you have all of the details tied together. 